it brings you like back into yourself too, because you're doing things that are automatic. And I want to interrupt some of those automatic things with something that is mindful and purposeful that is bringing me back into myself that isn't just like autonomously doing it. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Welcome back, friends. I'm Rachel. Look, I, I, I wanted to tell you before we started, just so you, I don't want there to be any confusion on who I am this episode. Okay. <laughs> I've chosen violence. There's coffee in here. Oh, Nice. I've chosen violence. <laughs> <laughs> I even put it in my shaker. Well, the reason why... Wait, where's your orange bottle? Is this... Oh, okay, okay. Multiple... Right, obviously multiple bottles. No, but... The reason I chose violence was I... It wasn't a conscious choice. It was just I'm out of matcha and I'm hell and gone from a coffee place. So I had to do what's in the fridge and... Do what was in the fridge. I have, I don't know how this is going to go. I just don't know. Well, we're about to find out. We start we're bouncing to, we're off the walls. Find out today. <laughs> no, learn. it's not like that. It's not like your coffee. Oh, yeah. No, intake. it's just anxious, internally anxious. Yes. Yeah. Like internally freaking the F out <laughs> and like, oh, like, extreme paranoia and crazy stuff. So, I mean, if that comes out today, just, just let it be. We'll just let it be. We'll keep it moving. Cause you know what? We just accept ourselves for who we are today. That's the theme in this month. That is really the theme for this month. I'm like, Kelsey, you're doing great. You just accept you for you. (laughs) Radical acceptance is what what therapists call it. It's just like accepting what it is and just saying like, there's nothing that I can do to change that. So I wanted to start, well, first of all, everybody's mad at us because we got ADD and forgot we had a segment called Lift and Drop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and everybody's mad at it. They keep, everybody keeps saying me like every week I'm like, this is the week they're going to bring back Lift and Drop. I love Lift and Drop. Why aren't you guys doing Lift and Drop? And I was like, I honestly, I just forgot. <laughs> Here's here's my explanation. I'll just tell you guys straight out. I'm an idea guy. (laughs) (laughs) I have absolutely no shortage of new ideas. It's the implementation that I tend to struggle Mm, with. Yeah. And it always is like, oh, I got this new thing, like blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, you have to remember to repeat the, the other idea that you had. <laughs> that was like yesterday or like 15 minutes ago. I know. I, I, there was, there was a meme on this that I really just like felt in my soul. 
it was from another ADHD creator. And she was like, Hey, I just heard that other people have a shortage of creative ideas. <laughs> What's that like? What's that about? Tell me what it's like living with a, cre- a creative idea shortage. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not the problem. Yeah. But tell me also what it's like to be able to put on your socks without having a sensory problem. Yeah. I wonder yeah. what that's like. And that's also like, I've said this, I've said this before to someone. I'm like, do you ever just feel like you can feel your bones through your skin and it's really irritating. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh. me neither. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. If someone could like feel their bones and it was bothering them that their bones were existing, that's, I, I feel bad for that person. It's not me, person. but, um, wow. Yeah, I, I, worlds really collided when you came to stay with me for a couple of days. And then we had, the two um, samesies ADHD people in one house with you and my son. And like, it was so funny to see you guys just relate on these things that I've never like understood about him. Like he made this whole big deal about, you know, where are the socks that I like mama, the soft socks. Now I know what these socks are. They just happen to be in the laundry and he was like refusing to go anywhere unless he could get the correct socks. And I was, I just chalked these things up to like, this is how he is. I don't know. Like kids are weird. Like all kids, you know, you, you don't realize, I guess how weird your kid is. I was, I showed this meme to Mark. You don't realize how weird your kid is until you're leaving like a list for a babysitter. And you're like, (laughs) so on the nighttime stories, like just read to half and then skip the the third and sixth page. And then like, (laughs) Like when you're like giving them like a pouch, like only cut it halfway open, like leave the flap or else there'll be a riot. Like you don't realize how weird your kid is until you're telling someone else how to care for them. And then you're like, huh, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of weird it's things. A odd. Make sure you <laughs> have the right socks. So I always just chalk this up to a weird for everything. And then like three days after you left, you sent me a meme about like ADHD people and like the sensory things with socks. And I was like, oh man, she just understands him so much. So much. I like, I was just watching this. I mean, I'm sure a lot of parents relate to exactly what you just said with like, they get in a thing with their kids and they're just like, they're in it. So they think like, maybe all kids feel this way and then realize like, it's kind of specific to their own kid. And I feel like one of the things like always, it just like trips me out about Rory because I, as an adult, have had different types of meltdowns about my socks and with one of my partners. The levels of meltdowns over socks is like, like like, it's wild. And I came back, I like told one of my friends, I was like, Hey, so like this funny thing happened. And he was like, Oh, because so I have these like big fluffy socks that like, I like to put on immediately like in the morning because I don't like like cold floors and like it's a whole thing thing. and he's like oh about you having a meltdown about your fluffy socks not being available because you have three different ones and none of them are available this time and I was like I can't even I'm going back to bed start this day over wake me up tomorrow I'm not doing it but sometimes like 
you don't even notice your own sensory things until you see another person like do them. And then you're like, oh, I know exactly what that feels like. And then you're like, oh, is everyone not having those? (laughs) Maybe someone will come back after this episode and be like, hey, about the bones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll feel better. They will. I know after one of the, so uh, we've talked about me being a chronic spiller in the past and uh, people, a lot of people have sent me really funny videos of other people who just are spilling things all the time. And one of them in particular showed this, like, I think her name is Caroline. And like, she opens something when she's like 10 and she drops it immediately. It's a phone and and her dad's like, Caroline. (laughs) And then it cuts to her like, 30 and she opens the present and drops it immediately. <laughs> it's like an iPad. And he's like, oh, Caroline. It had like less of a, because he was just like so used to it. And I was like, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then next generation is Rory. <laughs> yeah, we come from a long line of spillers. Um, So I love today's episode because number one i love debunking myths oh shit we already forgot about the lifter drop this yeah. is the this is the <laughs> hey lifter drop what are you guys lifting what are you dropping oh god you got one? Oh yeah you have to you have to have one to do the <laughs> segment huh huh well one thing that i would like to lift is So I have like this extreme need to be seasonal and I have to like fulfill the fall. I think it hits me extra. I have to like do all the fall things. I have to go to the pumpkin patch. I have to get the fall pumpkin spice latte. I have to do all these fall things. And I'm like, I like, I really overfill it. I overfill it. Overfall. I overfall it (laughs) and I end up making myself like so miserable trying to get to all these like corn mazes and all this like pumpkin parving. I have to decorate my house. Like I have to do all these things. I'm in a big transition right now and I can see that I'm not going to be able to like decorate for fall. So, oh, that's my drop. Okay. I'm dropping the expectation that I need to decorate for this season. And I'm just going to say, like, you know what? Every day of my life is a spooky day. I own a company that's emblem is a skull. Like, that's good enough. Yeah, I'm just going to drop the, the the immense pressure to do that. I, immense pressure. Like, let's all just use relative terms. Immense pressure. What a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, but what a nice self-aware um, moment that you can hear your own language and say, like, mm, Maybe that was not it. The other day I had a, a fruit fly chasing me and I literally said out loud, I'm over here fighting for my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> as soon as it came out, I was like, <laughs> the person I said it to said like, Kelsey, you're literally on the couch with blanket and wine. <laughs> Which, well, yeah, the wine is bringing the fruit fly. Fighting for my life already. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, it's all relative. Two things can be simultaneously true. (laughs) 
Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to just, yeah, that's what I'm going to lift. I'm going to lift that two things can be simultaneously true. And to stop telling people they're not fighting for their life when it's <laughs> only a fruit fly and they're bathed in comforts. <laughs> I was getting no sympathy for your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what are you lifting? What are you dropping? Wait, what did you say you're lifting though? I'm lifting uh, two things being simultaneously true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. All right. What am I lifting and what am I dropping? I had it when I was listening to you and oh. then I forgot. That's a really good skill too. You're not just waiting to talk because you never forget when you're just waiting to talk. That's but if you're true. actually listening to the person, mm-hmm. then it's pretty easy to forget. That's true. That's true. Cause you get in with what they're saying. Yeah. All right. I am lifting. So this may come as a surprise to some people because in general, I think that I'm a person who sees things as a silver lining kind of a type of person, but I'm really lifting my positive language that I use around specific circumstances and also like language that I'm using around like how I'm feeling and trying to just like create more of like a positive mindset space. I know where you're getting that guys. We're building out an episode for that. (laughs) So like (laughs) just a little foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I listened to so much about it and I just think that that's definitely something that I can lift in my life. Love it. Something that I'm dropping is I'm trying to drop my anxious attachment to my phone during like specific times. I've noticed that I kind of have an anxious attachment with like social media, checking my phone, worried that I'm missing something and it's causing me a lot of anxiety. So I am trying to drop some anxiety surrounding my phone. That's a weird thing too, because like the feeling of anxiety comes in and then you respond to it with something that causes you anxiety, which is like a real, that's a loop. That's a loop to be in. Isn't (laughs) it? Yeah. I know it's hard. It's really hard. I bet a lot of people can relate to that. Actionable tip would be good. I'll give you to the end of that episode, but in order to break a habit, we need to ideally replace it with a different one. So I'd like an actionable tip by you. And I'd like that. Oh, Yeah, it's a small one, but (laughs) it's something that I had been thinking of. So it's, I would been, I've been trying to implement more breath work. So it was one of those things where I was feeling like a trade off and I don't breathe enough. (laughs) After talking to Abby, like it was really eye-opening how much breathing just like affects like our general nervous system and and uh, yeah am I breathing did I remember to breathe today yeah so I was I was kind of thinking about some of the anxiety that was produced in one area and some anxiety relieving things being some breath work so I was hoping to sub them a little bit. So when I feel like an anxious need to check my phone for specific things, I'm going to do some like box breath work and try to bring my nervous system down a little bit and just go like a little bit longer periods of time while inserting some breath work in there. I like that. That's my plan. And after you do your breath work, if you decide like, okay, I did my thing and I'm going to check it now, 
Like, I think people think that the thing needs to be eliminated altogether sometimes when they're trying to break a habit. Like, the thing doesn't need to be eliminated altogether. It, there just needs to be something inserted where you're, like, mindful of the thing you're doing. And even just stopping and saying, I'm going to breathe three times. I'm going to do box a box breath sequence. And then I'm going to check my phone. Yeah. Even just like that is so much better because all of a sudden you've become mindful of the habit. You've inserted something in between you and the habit that you feel is moving you in a positive direction. And it doesn't mean that that thing has to just go away forever. And like you have to go off and live remote in the yeah. forest. It, it brings you like back into yourself too, because you're you're doing things that are automatic. And I want to interrupt some of those automatic things with something that is mindful and purposeful that is bringing me back into myself. That isn't yes. just like autonomously doing it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> guys, do you hate myths? Do you hate myths? I hate myths. I hate myths. I do. I hate lies. They be tricking people. The thing about myths that's weird is that not only do they get like perpetuated as time goes on where like they almost become truths because so many people are, you know, believing of this myth, but also they're built so much on fear and I don't like being afraid. I really don't like that. So I will actively try to combat myths whenever I can. And we thought it might be a really good idea to do a pod today on some of the most common myths that hold people back from actually going to the gym or starting an exercise regimen or making any kind of change to their physical health where they're saying like, I want to get some activity in, but, and then the, all the myths come up, but the problem is, is they've become truths. <laughs> so like they are like, these things are like, oh, things, barriers that I have to get over. Cause I know this is going to happen once I start this thing. And this is just going to be something that I have to overcome. And now we're having to psych ourselves up for that. Like this major obstacle that comes with the nice, fun thing that we want to implement. And it's like, nah, how about none of that? How about dispelling these myths and calling them what they are? Because they're, this isn't actually based in truth. The thing about some of these like myths and the stories that we continuously tell to ourselves about fitness is they ultimately become true in our minds. Because if you tell yourself the same story enough times, then your brain starts to think that that is truth and that is reality. And it's run through that. And we know we've had a lot of episodes about how powerful your brain is in the pathways that it is creating and has created. And once all of these myths become facts in your mind, your neural pathways to thinking that the gym is negative, the gym is shameful, the gym is full of a bunch of meatheads and I just don't fit in there. That story becomes ultimately reality in your mind and will serve as a large deterrent for you living your best, happiest, healthy life. Instead of the story of, I am a person who cares for the vessel that I'm in, loves the body that I'm in, cares for the body that I'm in on a daily or on a daily basis and is purposeful about caring for my body. And that is my best life. That's what this looks like. 
those two stories are so different. They take such different tracks and they're surrounded by a ton of different emotions that when we start to say, you know, we'll talk about all of the, the myths that are holding us back. But when we start to just identify what they are and repeat them over and over and say like, well, I just don't have the time. Well, I just don't have the energy. Like what is the saying where energy goes, it flows. Like when we give all of that energy to those, that language, we really just like make it so much truer than it ever was at the beginning. I mean, we are what we say we are. So like, if you say you're too busy, then you're too busy. If you say you're not motivated, you're not motivated. I mean, you literally are what you say you are. So yeah, I think that was really well said. Maybe I should just go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That was really well said. Maybe you just take this one, take this one, sis. Wow. Okay. You're doing a great job. It's it's your day. I, I, (laughs) I'm here for that. So let's go over some of the specific concerns. We'll call them concerns, but ultimately they are just myths that people come to us with when they're thinking about starting in the gym. And let's just dispel them because they ain't it. They ain't true. Let's address your concerns head on. Okay. All right. Okay. That was my therapist. Mine was a little meaner, (laughs) but I've had coffee. So like, what did you expect? (laughs) All right. The first myth. Everyone in the gym is going to be blank. Now, this is a weird one because it's very personalized based on your personal biggest insecurity, right? So like think about what your biggest insecurity is and then everyone in the gym at the place you want to be doesn't have that. They're the opposite of that. So if you are struggling with your current body composition, for example, and that is your really, that's a big spot of insecurity for you, you are going to create an assumption that everybody in the gym is going to be super fit, super shredded, crazy, like unbelievable body comps. And therefore you are going to be an outcast in any of these scenarios. We create ourselves into an outcast. That's basically the whole, cause the, the feeling is I want to belong and how we talk ourselves out of something is like, there's no way I'm going to belong. Right? So if you're insecure about like your movements that you're inexperienced and you're not really sure what your fitness is going to look like. Then you're going to imagine that everybody at the gym is super knowledgeable, super proficient in all their movements. They all know how all the machines work and you're the only one that doesn't and you're going to look stupid while everybody else looks smart. And then of course, if you're just generally insecure about belonging, then all of a sudden like only mean people go to the gym, right? Everybody at the gym is so mean. They're so elitist. They're so, I don't mind it. I, you look great still. <laughs> I just went out. I know, but you still look really nice. Okay, cool. Okay. I think it actually did better things <laughs> for your tan anyway. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So then we create a scenario where like everybody's going to be mean. They're going to like be scowling at me. The people at the gym are jerks. They're self-absorbed. All they want to do is look at themselves in the mirror. These are not my people. They're all going to hate me. 
it's really a fill in the blank type of situation where it's just about the kind of person that you are and what you're fearful of. And then everybody in the gym becomes that thing. But ultimately, of course, none of these things are accurate. The gym is a microcosm of the world. There are going to be some mean people. There are going to be some knowledgeable people. There are going to be some people there for the first time. There are going to be all different body compositions there. Like it's just a smaller version of what you see every day when you're walking around the earth. So everybody is not anything. That's the number one thing. Everybody's not everything. And the common thread that you are going to share with people at the gym is so much stronger, I think, than any of those other, everybody's going to be so smart and everybody's going to be so shredded and everybody's going to be so mean. Actually, if you look at the common thread you guys all share, it's that hey, this is important and my health matters. That's something that you guys all universally, you wouldn't be there if you didn't think your health mattered and that the gym was important. Like if that's a bonding thing more than any of those other things. And so I think just kind of seeing the similarities rather than the differences. And of course, just realizing that you're your own worst enemy when it comes to the people that you're creating that are going to be there. It's just based on your own personal fears. Yeah. I think that's a really good one to like self-assess for a second there too, is just like, what is my perception of myself? And why do I feel like I would be an outsider amongst this group of people, amongst people that are, you know, going to the gym, essentially just there to do the same thing that I want to (laughs) do. And I just think it's one of those things where like, we really have to sit with what that deep insecurity is for a second and kind of talk to ourselves about how we are seeing our own selves in that environment, what that looks like and how we might be able to change how we see ourselves. And the idea that everyone is one, one thing, or it is only your perception of them. It's none of that is ever real or matters or like what people's different body composition, how they feel about that. None of it matters because it's only what you're working with your perception of what they are and what they're thinking. And that is a futile activity. (laughs) It's futile, but it's also like you're in control of it. So like perception is like one of those gift and curse type things, because yes, you can use your perception to say like, this is what I think everybody's thinking about me. Or you can use your perception to say, I think everybody here just loves me. And they're <laughs> so excited. I showed up today. Look at that girl. She kind of smiled. <laughs> I think she was smiling at me. Like it's, it's just, it's just how you do it. It's like how you use your magical power. So it's like, use it for good. Guys, we have to interrupt this episode to just be girlfriends for a second because you don't want to spend a million dollars on costumes that you're not going to use for the rest of the year when we have you covered. You're covered. We have so many different legging patterns that can be implemented into costumes and then you can also wear them for the rest of the year. We've got vampires, zombies, all kinds of spooky things, serial killers, Sanderson sisters, Sanderson sisters, the witch. I got to tell you the witch costume on point this year, but we have you absolutely covered so that you can be comfy cozy this Halloween. 
Nothing worse than a scratchy-ass Halloween costume that's drop-shipped and horrible quality. So instead, come to Constantly Varied Gear and get some cute-ass leggings for the Halloween season. The second one I want that I wanted to address when it comes to what's happening, what are the myths at the gym, and or, or to starting... Everyone, we have to talk about this because everyone is waiting for one of the following. It's motivation, it's energy, it's time, and your language revolving either of those things sounds like, well, I just don't have the motivation to go right now. And then you pick some life event that's going on, some stressful event, whatever it is. Your kids just started school. You um, just started a new class. You just started a new job. You're changing jobs. Your husband is working long hours, whatever life event, because every single person has them that they fill in the blank. And this is the reason why you can't prioritize your health, your fitness. And what I want to challenge about that is number one, we don't all have the energy that magically appears to go to the gym all the time. The energy isn't what gets people who have made health and fitness a part of their life for a long time. The energy isn't what got them there. They didn't start with some energy that you don't have. You get more energy the more you go to the gym. We've talked about this in the past. So waiting for it to get there to start is is just kind of a backwards activity. And you don't need to have this big built up. I need to be so energized. I need to be so motivated. I need to be so whatever to get to the gym. That's not the thing. It's always a part of a habit. And I really think this begins with the idea of I'm going to start going and I'm going to stop. And that's why I really kind of don't like these like well, this is like the start date and this is the start when it's just like, this is ever evolving and caring for your body in a purposeful way is something that we need to ingrain for the rest of our lives. I'm just going to care for my body. And the structure around that is going to change at certain times in your life. Caring for your body looks different when you're pregnant, when you're postpartum, when you are in different times of your life that might be a little bit more stressful. So you go to slower movement, you go more to stress stretches. You know, you're in a part of your life where you really want to build some more muscle, you go to more strength building activities. Like all of this can be very different. The modalities can be very different, but the fact that it is important to care for your life to care for your body doesn't change throughout any of these times. And there's no start and there's no end to that. It really just is you saying, I'm not waiting for the time. During certain seasons, I might have less time. It may look a little different, but at the end of the day, the kind of mantra that you need to go back to is that I care. I respect my body. I care for my body. This is the vessel that I have. And it's important for me to make time, a small period of time to take care of it every day. What does that look like? Now I'm going to put some habits in place. Now I'm going to put some structure in place, but I'm not going to wait for this like grand thing to start. And honestly, I would like to not start with the idea of shame or hate, or I just got to work this off. It starts with a place of like, I deserve to live in a healthy body. Therefore, I'm going to put some habits in place that care for my body. Starting from a place of deserving just really clears the freaking path, doesn't it? Because like when you have decided that you deserve something, I mean, 
we are really great at giving ourselves the things that we feel that we deserve. And all of a sudden that becomes motivating and that creates our time. And that is, it's just, it's, it's not an outside force. Like time and motivation and energy isn't something that is outside of yourself that sort of like shows up and like lands on your shoulder. And it's like, I'm here. And you're like, yes, let's get on our leggings. Yeah. It's just, it really is a very, very common thing that we're, we're building up this immense amount of motivation to get there every day. And it's just not even true. And also I want to talk about the fact that like getting there every day isn't even the goal anyway. It's not even the goal, but when you start from a place of deserving, it's easier to fight for it, right? Like when time comes in, like inserts itself or like people plans, blah, 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 all the things, it's easier to fight for it. When you say like, no, I deserve to give my body the care that it needs today. And like, when you repeat that to people, they're so like, oh, Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Talk to you later. You know Damn, what I mean? Girl. Like, because like sometimes you come up against it where like I know a lot of moms will feel this but like when it comes to just like making carving in some of that time and just being like, Well, myself, that's it's it's a luxury. It's not a luxury. Your health is not a luxury. And we really need to stop thinking about it like it's a luxury. When I have the time, I'll insert that in. Like no, your health is going every single day and your life's going to be shorter if you don't take care of it now. Oof. It's a hard truth. But <laughs> it like, is a hard truth. But for real, it is the truth. The third myth that I think holds people back from starting is the fact that they think that the gym and a diet need to be always synonymous together. They're like twinsies. Like if you're going to go to the gym, people are going to ask what diet you're on. (laughs) Like you have to show your diet pass before you get in. Like I'm keto. Okay. You're allowed. I'm intermittent (laughs) fasting. You're allowed. Like a diet. They're like, "Uh, I don't like this girl. I don't like this girl at all. (laughs) So first of all, there's no diet card to get in the gym. Secondly, The thing about making a lifestyle change or a change in your routine is that it's difficult enough. We do not need to attach something else. Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about just making a lifestyle change. Want to make it harder? Try to make two at once. Okay. That's number one. When you're trying to implement a new routine, trying to do more than one implementation of something new is going to make both of those more likely to not happen. The second thing is attaching it to something that has a negative connotation. The gym goes with a diet and a diet means I'm hungry. Oh, great. Now I hate the gym. The gym goes with a diet and a diet means I have to eat food I hate. Wonderful. I can't wait to stop going to the gym. (laughs) Like these are things that you never want to attach with something that you want to sustain. So like not only is it too much to try to do two things at once, but like don't attach something that's supposed to be awesome and make you feel great to something that you know historically in your life has been difficult, shameful, freaking like falling on and off the wagon, not enjoyable, it makes you hungry. Like, no. We did an episode on why we feel 
that exercise comes before diet when we're talking about like what to start first. Like what do you are? I need to make a change. I see my health is, is not there. What do I want to do first? We did a whole episode on why moving first is superior in our opinion. However, what I'm just going to tell you about that episode is so much, so much of your nutritional and diet habits are going to fall into place once you start moving. If you can just trust me on this, it does not need to go hand in hand to make all of these overhauls together. Just start at the gym and I guarantee you will see slowly your body adjusting (laughs) with what it craves nutritionally, how you're using your nutrients, like all of this. But I don't want people to not go to the gym because they think they need to also start a diet at the same time. And that whole thing seems overwhelming because it's just not true. It's a myth. It's a myth. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those ones that have just been so prevalent in diet culture because it it just adds another friction point. It adds another, you need to be this X, Y, Z. You need to eat these things to be considered healthy or to be able, it's like all of these rules don't even exist. Let's just throw out all of the rules and it. And instead say like, I'm just going to, I'm going to start some movement. And like, that's, that's what I'm in. It's not this giant overhaul. I'm just going to start some movement because I care for myself. Oh my God. You know what too, is on your second one, when you talk about the energy, like I'm lacking the energy to go, Hey, want to lack the energy even more? Be in a massive caloric deficit. Oh my God. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is everything. Are we literally setting up to completely crash and burn this whole entire thing? Is this like purposeful? What are we doing? It's just like the science has such strong support of that when it's just like, okay, we're going to lower your, you're going to put you in a, a bigger caloric deficit. Everything about the body starts moving slower and eventually we can, we can get to some adaptation, but the difference there is like everything starts to slow and we put those things together and then say like, but have the energy, but also eat less. And it's just like, science doesn't support that. Never has and it never will. So, I mean, we can keep saying that's the truth, but it just, it's, it's never going to be. Another one that I think is definitely holding people back is the thought that the gym is going to be a huge expense for them and that they have budgeted in a way that they are living at the top of their means. And that that is like you said, like a luxury that they cannot afford. And I just want to, first of all, express my unbelievable understanding for people that are feeling that they're at the top of their budget, that they have very huge like demands on the money that they do make and the money that they have and losing jobs and living in an economy that is incredibly expensive. However, no matter what, no matter what, there is never going to be a cost for health that isn't (laughs) like when you don't have it, you would pay anything. A limitless body. These are things that you cannot put a price tag on. And I also want to say like, it's not as expensive as you think. Because there are so many different modalities. The idea that I'm going to go to a traditional gym and I'm going to pay $50 a month and you're like looking at it going, wait a minute, I don't have $50 a month. So like, I guess that can't happen. That is one path 
to a means to an end. It is not the only path. And I just think that when people start to open up and see possibilities where there weren't before, it does not have to be a traditional gym where, you know, you go and you scan your thing and you pay monthly. It doesn't have to be that if that isn't in the cards for you. But when you do think about the average being like about $52 a month, it obviously depends on where you live and like a million things, what kind of coaches you want, what kind of equipment you want. There's a ton of insurance companies that offer like discounts and benefits for that. There's employers, like there's things out there that we can explore, but also if that is just not in the cards, none of that needs to happen because you have your own body. Like mm-hmm. you are the machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this comes down to, cause this is a very real problem for a lot of people. And it's, I, I don't want to downplay the fact that like when this pops into your head, some of those fears are very valid, but where we look at some of the fears and some of the limitations that we place in our lives, we need to look for reasonable opportunities. And there are reasonable opportunities to take care of your body. And over the years, we've really, we've learned a lot, but we've really complicated fitness. And there is a lot of positives that come with that, but there's also a ton of drawbacks to thinking that you need to be in a specific place with a specific number of people and equipment and whatever to be able to move purposefully and take care of your body. Those, those two things just don't go together. And we really need to be sometimes creative with how we care for our bodies, how we're moving our bodies and feel a level of acceptance for the fact that something's always better than nothing. And there are so many ways to get in movement that do not involve the gym. I know you brought up, you know, getting a pair of dumbbells that, what did you say? Like $30. For a pair of 20, 20 pound dumbbells? For one, it's usually about like a dollar fifty per pound. So you could get, if you were just starting out, you could get like a 20 pound dumbbell for one time cost of $30. You'd have that dumbbell forever. That's new. So I'm not even talking about like Facebook marketplace. Some people are literally giving away weights for free. But if you were buying a new dumbbell, you're probably looking at about $1.50 per pound. I think what this really comes down to, because ultimately you can always find these, the ways that you can get in, in movement. But I think ultimately what this comes down to is putting some of these friction points in place and holding on to them so tightly that you can't see the opportunities around you. I know that... A lot of people showed a ton of resilience during the lockdowns when we were 2020 or no one was leaving the house, no one could get into the gyms. And a lot of people showed a ton of resilience about how they could get some movement in with just, you know, some, some small amounts of equipment or borrowing from people or going, you know what I mean? Like they, or just just going outside and doing some body weight stuff and like Mm -hmm. looking for different ways to get that movement in. But for a lot of the people that showed a ton of resilience there, they had the foundation of understanding understanding what movement meant to their body. And I, that's why I think it ultimately comes down to your idea around movement and your idea around fitness and how you can see opportunities instead of limitations will increase your level of resilience when it comes to these friction points that are inserted in your life that are very real, but they don't stop you. 
Couldn't agree more. And no matter what, you can always air squat. You can air always squat burpee, whenever. Push-ups. All right. of these things are like really, they are lowering your risk for developing chronic illness by just having the ability to do a push-up, having the ability to do an air squat. It's like the the level, the, the risk decreases by such dramatic numbers that I can't even like... I can't even entertain the idea that these are just like useless and should be looked over because they're not at all. They're not at all. And I, I think we've said in the past, like this idea that you need to go to a place in order to fitness and it needs to be a specific place and it's a place full of other people who are there to fitness. And that's the only way to do it is a marketing ploy. It's a technique that is made to make money and nothing else but that, and you do not have to accept that. You can completely reject that altogether and say like, I know I've been told that I need to go to this place, but they're actually just looking for my money. So I'm going (laughs) to go to my backyard and I'm going to air squat and then I'll throw in some jumping jacks and that's going to be amazing. And I just want to remind people of that because that myth really exists. And last but not least, The idea that you need to make a massive time commitment, the idea that you need to carve out multiple hours every single week to towards this goal and just thinking to yourself like, well, where, where am I going to get these hours? I feel that I'm already stretched really thin. We've got an entire episode coming on the science of this, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Going from zero to three days of exercise is the absolute best thing you could possibly do for your health. Any days after that, adding a fourth, adding a fifth, adding a sixth, those are very incremental, small, small benefits. The biggest bang for your buck that you're ever going to see in your health and fitness is going from zero to three days. All we're asking for is three days and... We are not even asking for a full hour. You can do 40 minutes. This one goes back to having the time being a luxury for me, like just putting it in as some type of a luxury to, you don't care for our bodies. And as soon as we think about the impacts that it will have within the rest of your life, it becomes not so much a luxury anymore. It becomes a necessity to be able to have effective relationships, to be able to live longer, to be able to do the things on this world that you want to be able to do. But like, I know I say that a lot, but it really is so true when we think about all of the things that we want. We think about like, we want to have healthy relationships. We want to have a healthy mind. We want to have a healthy body, but we also want to have a, a good career. We want to be a good parent. We want to be and taking care of the only thing that you wake up in every single day is paramount in all of those things to be good at your job, to be good, to be good for your partners, to be like available for them, taking care of the best layer and the confidence, all of those things, they all fall into place. And when we stop thinking of like, the time as this major commitment, we can see little places where we can put movement in just like any other habit. 
I was thinking about this as I was at the track the other day because I was, I was at the track with Isley and there was other two other guys that were like, I feel like we're crossfitters <laughs> because they also had some kind of a bag that they were doing things in between. And I was like, I think it's really weird that when we think about hanging out with people and we think about spending time with people, it's more acceptable to do that when we go to watch a movie and we're both like focusing on something like outside of ourselves than to do some type of movement out going to the track, going for a walk, going to the gym, even like whatever it is, it's so much more acceptable to be like, we will just watch the screen together. And that's us spending quality time <laughs> when like for me, that never feels like quality time. Wait, did you see some potential in these guys? <laughs> I said this to you, this two of us, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> The math is right. The math what is, is me? I it, adds math up. it adds <laughs> up. And I like your little bag with your agility things. Like so <laughs> I'm a sucker for bags. But it like brought up this whole like mind thing for me because I was like, oh, other people that are here at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. To society, that seems a little weird sometimes. But if you were watching a TV show at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday with friend or partner or whatever, like that wouldn't be as weird. But those are all things that take us out of ourselves. And so much of, I think, what we could do to heal ourselves is come back in, like come back into ourselves, come back into our bodies, look at people, do things with people that aren't taking us away from speaking to each other or interacting with each other and like are actually caring for ourselves and our body. And when we think about the time that we sub into for caring for our bodies, what are some of the things that we could kind of sub in there? Like, I don't want to take everyone's TV shows away, but what I'm thinking is you would find it acceptable to spend two hours watching a movie, but you would not find it acceptable spending two hours at the gym. Why? Why is that? I only need 30 minutes, 40 minutes at the gym, really. Or instead of... Why not both? Why not both? Yeah. Like if, if instead of saying like, I'm just going to go, I'm so tired after a long day of work. And I believe me, guys, I get this. And it, I think I just need like a veg. And sometimes that's fine. That's a correct answer. That's what you need to do. And only you really know the difference. But what if you just said, but before I do that, I'm going to, I'm going to just do 30 minutes. That's it. I'm going to go home. I guarantee you so many, I've done this so many times. You just feel better. You just feel better. You don't feel like you lost any time. You don't feel like you're more behind or you didn't get the rest that you needed. You just got a little bit in that that cared for yourself. And then I'm going to go lay down. But I feel a little bit better when I go lay down. <laughs> I mean, if that didn't convince you, there might be cute guys at the track. There might be. <laughs> just Listen, you're not going to know until you show up. So... <laughs> Let's just see. Let's just the go and see. <laughs> if the math works, then it works. And yeah, I just, I, I especially think like for beginners, like the biggest mistake is going and like putting in a marathon session of like 60 minutes of moderate intensity stuff and then being so sore for the next week that it's like, well, I can't return. Well, because your mind has made it into this enormous time commitment. 
Yeah. And it's a big ask to be that sore and stuff like that. It's like one of the things that I I really like to say when people are thinking about if they've chosen the gym route and they're going to go to the gym, I just say like, go there for 30 minutes, do like three things, just mostly look around like your first day and then like go there for like 35 minutes, do one more thing, like whatever, like just go there and stretch, like just like ease into it. And honestly, there should be no reason whatsoever for the average person to be in the gym more than 60 minutes, as long as you are at a moderate intensity for most of that session. Like you just don't need more time than that. You don't. I just think that making those sessions shorter is just eliminating a friction point. And it's also eliminating more friction points of like overdoing it so that you're not going to return. I hope those have been helpful. I just want to add in one bonus one. And I think this is five this, plus 5.1, 5.1. <laughs> it's just, well, it's, I just thought of it and I just think it's a very real and right now thing. Um, if you're not going to the gym because you think that someone's going to film you, I assure you, assure you that if someone is filming their session and they are, we've talked so many times about the benefits of watching your own body move and how much that can improve your just like general body awareness. If someone is filming their session and you need to be in their shot, I guarantee if you go up to that person and say like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I I need to use I just really don't want to be filmed. I guarantee you they are going to be so understanding and completely like this is not a place of monsters, guys. These are it's just, not. These it's are just regular not. people. Like if yeah. you tell them that you don't want to be in their shot and you, there's no way around it because like you need the thing, they are absolutely going to be accommodating to that. It's please don't let that be a deterrent. The thought of someone filming and you being in it and like, oh my gosh, what if that gets on the internet and someone comments about the lady in the background or something? It's just a place with people. And if you ask people for basic human decencies, 99.9% of the time, they're going to absolutely have no problem with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. That's, that's a great point that a lot of people feel very real right now, I think, especially. So hopefully this was helpful for you guys debunking some of our five myths. What I want to remind you is a lot of you are listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed. Why are you doing that? What? <laughs> you're listening oh, every week what? and you're not subscribed and I'm calling you out. So as soon as you finish this episode, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to because it really does help us. And if you are also in our Facebook group, we love when you suggest any topics. So if you have a topic that you'd love to for us to talk about or for us to address or something that you've been thinking about, don't be scared to put it in there. Tag us and let us know what you want us to talk about. Seriously. And, and subscribe for crying out loud. I mean, are we friends or what? I know. So many people right now are like, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> You can find it. I believe you can find it because I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't. I'm not subscribed to my own podcast because that seemed weird and narcissistic. So I don't really know. But it starts with an S and it ends with an E, and we really um, would appreciate it because we're besties, and uh, that's what besties do. Love you guys. Talk to you next week.
Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.